I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is The Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1944, and today we are ta uh, talking in depth about a couple of topics. The first one is how we all have access to the same exact resources. All of us have the same exact resource uh, exposure to buy and sell land. And the second topic is uh, three real reasons why buying and selling land may not uh, work for you. <laughs> Is one personality flaws? Uh, no, it could be though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kept it to three. There's, oh, okay. there's several. <laughs> We're going to talk about 30 reasons why. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Good. No, there's some stuff. Look, there's some stuff you got to do to make this really work for yourself. And uh, we're going to spend the next hour, hour and a half talking about it. This is not meant to be negative. It's meant to be a real positive thing. Okay. We have, uh, and then at the very end, Jill and I, are, as always, we're going to talk about our motivational. I learned a lot today about, I've, I've learned a lot in the last, it's March. So the last couple of months about Land Academy members in a really positive way, what works and what doesn't. Cool. What's different? What, why do you think you've learned more now? I think it's experience and age and um, for whatever reason, and I, I, we should talk to our marketing staff about this, the people that are joining Land Academy really recently are really, really experienced and want to be here. That's called like, a, there's master, I call them the master, master's degrees level of interest in, in learning how to do this and, you know. I think because you led that first uh, uh, accountability group. That may be where it's coming from. Yeah, maybe. Too. That's it. That we haven't done that in a while, and now we brought them back. They are free for members, by the way. Uh, so that could be what's going on. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, part definitely mm -hmm. part of it. Hope you're also enjoying uh, this new 2023 weekly show. We we moved uh, from a, a daily show to a weekly show to because people are asking us. Uh, for a more depth in uh, a more depth in depth look at exactly how, how to buy and sell land, or at least how we do it. Yeah. Each week, each week, we also answer questions from our Land Academy Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday uh, member webinar, and we take a deep dive into two land-related topics uh, that are, for the most part, requested in some way by our members. Now, let's take a look. Uh, take a question actually posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a sneak peek at our Discord channel, please go to landacademy.com. It's free. Kevin wrote, hello. So I got a signed purchase agreement back in the mail and the seller left his phone number, no email. Multiple times calling the number, it says the number you're calling is not accepting your call. It's like with these spam things and they know they actually it sounds like they accidentally have it turned up too high <laughs> i found the guy on true people search he's very old i've tried five six other phone numbers of family members but they are all disconnected does anyone have any other ideas of contacting the seller before we started just mailing him a follow-up i was gonna say you're gonna have to mail him now that's apparently how he replies he, he responds and you know what's interesting it's it's not um very common, but it does happen that I have sellers that don't have email. They may not have great internet. They may have, you know, old school cable. Maybe it's available in the area too. They just don't do it because they're 80 and that's okay. But that could be the situation and, and you have to write them back. And that's what I would just be doing right now, writing them back and just saying, I'm trying to call you from this number. Can you please show that as a recognized number so we can talk or 
can you please call me at this number? I will watch for you kind of thing. I think it's really important to meet sellers from where they come. Mm -hmm. And they they like everything in the world. They, they all come in different shapes and sizes. And I don't think it would be appropriate to talk to somebody who's 95 and about selling their land as uh, if they were 25 or 30. They both have really different access to different resources and tools and communication tools specifically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I should. I, did you try texting? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I could be wrong completely. Did you reach out on Snapchat? <laughs> Maybe they're there. Just kidding. All those little um, things, like, darn, I wanted to buy the piece of dirt. He signed it, and I'd love to do the deal. Those are all positive pathways and positive signs mm -hmm. to buying a piece of property. You know, this whole thing is is no different than uh, the, the classic sales funnel. If you send out 5,000 offers, you're going to get all kinds of responses, positive, negative. It might be old people, young people, uh, but you're going to get some responses. If you send out 50,000 letters, as I'm going to talk about at the end of the show today, that funnel is much, much bigger. And so things like this will happen. You're probably not going to spend as much time in the future because there's a, just there's a, other deals to do. Mm-hmm. Today's first topic is how we all have access to the exact same resources. Uh, I we I think it, why you know what I think my, a lot of this information is, is coming from mm -hmm. uh, the accountability groups because I get a chance now to once a week after our Thursday call for people who sign up for it to talk to new members and, and address their concerns. It's more of like uh, an office hours situation where the group of people that we have, it's an open forum. Well, yeah, can you, can you explain the whole format, the flow of these accountability groups? So sure. For, for myself included, because I only kind of was there for one. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I don't have things going on. I'm like, I'm contributing, but I was only there for one of these. I set yeah. up the accountability groups yeah. based on my experience in going to college where professors would have office hours. Okay. And so it's not, uh, it's not an education. It's not an hour of me talking about how to do, how to do a mailer or Jill about how to answer the phone. Cause you have that. Yeah. You have access to that. And it's in, uh, you have a textbook, you have a video textbook, uh, as a land Academy right. member, and you would theoretically go to office hours in a educational setting, which is what this is after you read the material, uh, or that was been assigned or did whatever the assignments were. And you had extra questions. You had more questions. Yeah, I get this, but I don't understand this. Well, we're all adults now, so it ends up being whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about it. It's office hours. It's not It's not, um, It's not. not Weight Watchers or, oh, it's not or uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. It's, not, it's not how much weight did you lose or how yeah. much mail did you send? Yes, it's not okay. that. Okay, so is it going to stay like that or might it change? Because some people need how much mail did you send. So it's going to stay like that. Oh. You know how that's a different product. How much? Mm. How much mail did you? Uh, well, accountability. I think of like, what are you doing? Are you moving forward? Hey, I'm. You know, I, I've done many, many of these accountability groups now over the years. So is Joe, and it ends up being we end up talking about whatever okay. our members want to talk about. This isn't. You know, it's okay. this not. We're not here to talk about. Like I just mentioned, we're not okay. here to. You have to hold yourself accountable, and then I'm. We're here to answer any questions that you have and provide these resources and tools, which is what we're going to talk about: resources and tools okay. for you to accomplish this. Okay. Jill and I have spent since 2015 a tremendous amount of time and energy and resources and capital to convert 
the resources that she and I have developed over the years to buy and sell land for ourselves, and which we continue to use, to make them much more user-friendly and web-enabled. For instance, we used to do our own mail, and, and we eventually graduated ourselves because we were tired of using companies uh, like uh, companies, uh, whatever they are now, they, they go in and out of business, uh, actual printing companies to do our mailers. And we were just never satisfied. So we started to do it ourselves. And ultimately, people are asking, well, what mailing company do you guys use? And we're, we said we're doing it ourselves. And then we made that service available uh, after we perfected it in the form of offers to owners. We have tons of resources like that. Parcel Fact is one, is a website that we have. These are all dot, dot coms. It's because we couldn't, we were having trouble finding our, the real estate that we were trying to buy. So we created a re resource for ourselves. It was ugly and clunky and uh, pretty awful to use, but ultimately hired a tech team, myself included, to create the resource so you can find land uh, much more easily. Um, and and I, the list goes on and on and on. Everybody always has wanted since minute one, since we started Land Academy, an easy to use, now phone enabled com online community. In the beginning, we called it Success Plant. Uh, in the middle, I will say we called it landinvestors.com. Mm -hmm. And now we're using Discord, which mm -hmm. everybody seems to love. And so that's a real time 24 seven answer or ask questions uh, from people that it's a good way to get deals funded. And so what I'm really saying here is that we have access to all the same exact resources. Is there a reason that Joe and I may or may not make as much money as you do buying and selling land? Yeah. And we're going to cover that in great detail in the next topic. But it's not for lack of resources. It's for probably the greatest variable in all this is experience. And the only way you can get experience is to spend time with other people like in Discord mm -hmm. and on our Thursday webinars and all of that. So you can gain that experience. Exactly. I was thinking even other other things like data sources and things like yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. I, well, I, I, mean, I skipped along the top here. Oh, okay. There's a ton of ton more resources that we have. Right. So that's that's the big picture. If you really want to do this, you could dig in and do this on your own. There's people that have done that too. They've listened to our, because this is not the first year. This is what, our eighth year of this podcast. And there's people like, I listened for four years and then I started doing it on my own. I'm like, why'd you wait that long? You know, because we can only deliver so much on every podcast, right? But if you sit and listen to all the podcasts, you could piece together everything that we do in Land Academy. If you want to fast forward that, you just join Land Academy, <laughs> then you have that in one weekend kind of thing. But um, and that's a, you know what? That's a great point. That's a personality choice. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of doing an incredible amount of research on something that's completely and totally free until I decide that. Yep. I'm going to give well, it, I agree give, with that. Give this a shot. I'm not mm -hmm. disagreeing with you at okay, all. Got it. I'm just saying. Do as much research as you possibly can, because but when you'd make a commitment, make one. But yeah, when you think about it, you'll you know the data resources and mail resources and finding property resources and um, uh, pricing uh, things that we need like comps to help us figure out pricing the 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 active properties right now and the sold properties. We all have access to all this stuff. It's putting it all together. I think that's important and understanding what it is and how to use it that's the key acting on it and having the resources like the money the money and and the time to buy these properties and act on this stuff i really think that money is uh 
as a resource in a long list of resources oh, I think you need that's a good resource money is something that we have so readily available yes. uh, both Jill and I personally and just a ton of people in our group have a tremendous amount of money uh, that's ready to be thrown at really good land deals mm -hmm. so that should not be that's also the most popular reason why I think <clears throat> people can't move forward on this <clears throat> is they think they have lack of funds um, or lack of lack of access to money exactly that's just it's a hard thing to 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 swallow uh from anyone because mm -hmm. as you go through life you have limited money that's just how it is and with in a group like this there's just limitless money right. if the deals are good mm -hmm. my entire life except for recently i've been strapped for money yeah in some one way or another you know, until we, I don't know, probably the last four or five years, I think that it's its really gotten uh, to a point where we're good. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like in other worlds, in other worlds, it, it's the same thing like, okay, access to the same resources, right? Say like, you know, going to college and business classes and things like that. There's so much you can get out there online right now and so many great books you can get your hands on that I'm, I'm going to argue that I may not need a degree. It depends on what it is, obviously. Yeah. But to learn, to learn the knowledge, to learn what I need to know, just to be a great leader. What if I want to, you know, be a, a, a business manager, you know, fill in the blank. There's so many great leadership books and managerial courses and things that you could take that we all have access to. I mean, it also, I think it all starts with just a natural interest. Yeah. And it's very, very hard. There's a, there's a lot of moving components to this, to buying and selling land. Yeah. It's very hard to be interested in all of them. <laughs> you know? That's true. There's a Jack and a Jill. That's good. Um, I'm interested in answering the phone. You are not. Right. <laughs> and but, I, but the stuff I am interested in, I'm yeah. really interested in doing it right and yeah. following through. And so Jill's got access to me. Mm -hmm. I have access to her. And so, and you have access to all kinds of people in, in, uh, in our group mm -hmm. that are going through the same thing or some level, by, at some level. Exactly. So, now we're, we're looking at success as defined by constants and variables. So, we just reeled off a tremendous number of constants that we all have, we're all the same. Mm -hmm. There's only a few variables, and and the biggest one I think is, uh, as it always ends up being money. But it, 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 where your interest starts and stops in doing this is how successful you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Not for lack of money or any uh, real other resource. I agree. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday webinar. Would you do this deal in Columbia County, Georgia? Not sure how to assess this one, she's saying, but this is the accepted offer price. What do we got? 12 acres around stuff. What's in your Augusta initial, what's, with the, without reading the description, which we'll do in a second, what's your thought on this? It looks like it's left over for something because mm -hmm. there are houses darn near everybody else except for that one spot to the northeast. So that gives me a little bit of a concern now. Having said that, um, it looks like there's a mountain or something or a gully. We're going to see. Yeah. But that first impression is really good to uh, practice. Like mm -hmm. you pull it up, bam, what's your first impression? So we have the access. We see that. We've got uh, adjacent. We've got that. We, see. Mm -hmm. we know it's 15 minutes from downtown Augusta. Lots of development in the area. Asking price is now 700000 I think I know what's going on here. 
and we're trying to figure out if we can make it work. Totally know what's going on. Too. Okay. So, and we're trying to figure out if we can make it work. 12 acres without the house. It was on the market for nine months in 2021 for $300,000. One acre parcel has a brick house from the sixties in good shape where the seller currently lives. Yes. Best use may be subdividing for SFR development. Spoke to a broker in Augusta who agrees and recommended engineer do a simple concept to assess the topography and figure out how many lots could be placed there. Does this seem appropriate or extra for this deal? Dana, this sounds to me like I listen to these podcasts too, where you pick up the phone and you cold call or you do texting things and all you're doing is reaching out to an area that you like and seeing who really wants to sell. And then you start talking to them and have a communication like this for a month. And they find, and they finally go, yeah, okay, I do want to sell something. And then what they're throwing out to you is may or may not be what you're looking for and definitely not the price you want. So this, if they couldn't sell it for 300,000 in 2021, I would, wouldn't touch this. I wouldn't touch this for less than a hundred thousand, maybe 50. 50 is a number. Yeah. I'm thinking 50. So they don't want to sell or, or you know what? How about this? She does want to sell and she gets, you wore her down and she gave you her make me move number. You know what? So this is what this lady, I think said this Dana, I like this Dana, or at least for a month, Dana won't go away. Fine. Here's my number, $700,000. That's not uh, the typical land Academy deal. Oh, she's selling us the home in the middle. Yeah. With it. Right. Yeah. I still don't know. Okay. Are they all worth a million? If it's really worth a million for the whole thing, then I can wrap my head around $7,000. Let's see what her precious house is worth. And I wait this for property, just a few people to call me uh, back. Four acres is worth $145,000. So if it's I were to make me move number, if I were to value this property without a house on it, just dirt, it would be 14,000 bucks. So that's $14,000 for four acres. This is uh, $700,000, 12 acres. So 50 or $60,000 is what is dead on. Yeah. Well, even throw in the house. What's she wants to sell the house to? So the house is worth four thirty. Okay. That's all right. That's good. That's not so bad. Cool. So that means that means maybe in a good day, maybe all the stars are alignment, Dana. You can buy these 12 acres on the house and sell it for five hundred thousand dollars. That's exactly what I think. That's so you need to perfect. buy it for two hundred uh, and fifty to two hundred. Well, let's get a house on it. If it's if she's living there in the house and you could still work it, let's just say I could sell it for five hundred thousand dollars. If I can buy it sub 400 and make $100,000, I would do it because it's a house deal now. I am very happy to announce for the first time ever, I mean ever, uh, because you it's, it's kind of timely too, because a few minutes ago we talked about uh, money and that being a variable sometimes. Well, just getting started, you do need to have some cash to get just to get the education. And guess what? We now have payment plans. So check it out. To join Land Academy, we now have some payment plan options. Check it out. Just go to landacademy.com under join. I think there's like a join here tab. It'll take you right to it and you'll see it. So I'm really excited. This is the first time that we've ever done this. And I think it's going to help a lot of people out. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on a Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek of our Discord channel, please go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay, Peter wrote, good morning, everyone. So we have a good deal with a signed purchase agreement that we just applied to get deal funding for this morning. Timing question, do you guys wait to set things up with the title company until after you affirm that you confirm that you have funding for your deal, or do you set things up with the title company immediately? 
I'm a lock it in person. So put it in for deal funding because you know it's that good. So if this is the thing, Peter, you're, I'm assuming it's that good. You're like, we're buying this. Some, you know, we got to take this deal down. Put it in deal funding and then immediately open escrow. And then just say, I'll let you know later. I'll give, give me a couple hours or a day and I'll get to you what name it's going to go in, who's going who's gonna to be the funding, my funding partner and that kind of stuff. And I would do that totally. I, I agree with Jill completely. Mm -hmm. uh, every single part of what she said. There are a lot of comments about this because there's a lot of deal funders in our group. Mm -hmm. And some prefer to uh, approve the deal very quickly and then work in escrow with you. We don't necessarily do that. I think, I agree with Joe. I think tie it up and tell the escrow agent right away. Uh, here's the purchase agreement. Here's the terms of the deal. The way that we fund these deals is, is through private funding. And so we might may have to change the name, uh, where, where the deed recording name and all of that. If this freaks them out, then it shouldn't at no, all because it's real standard that. and simple. Yeah. They're the wrong escrow agent. So you're no going to serve a, a couple of purposes here. Mm -hmm. But you will have to change almost, I think, with all of us, you, you know, the original purchase agreement and the two parties that are buyers and sellers, it's going to change. Some people have had updated wording on their things that it says and assignees or something like that. Yeah. And then that's been fine. And then it's no big deal. That depends on the on the, what the PA says and it also depends on that title agent no matter what worst case scenario you say we're you know the title agent says we need to do another purchase agreement but to put that name on it as a buyer done no problem you can docu-sign that in five minutes a, a really material percentage of deals get assigned like that mm -hmm. with the, at, during the process if, if, if the escrow person that you're dealing with has done more than five or eight deals they're going to say oh, oh no problem we know it's funny like this is this is a no big deal thing too we have done this ourselves like we have actually bought go open escrow on properties that we're buying and then you know jack will come along and go oh wait a minute you know what i want you to put that one in that entity's name okay no problem yeah just get a new purchase agreement signed by the seller we're going to put it over in this company name that's all you're doing the exact same thing so unfortunately as as if, if you read about this on the internet and maybe even in discord about assigning to a new uh a new party mm -hmm. within your group there's you know there's always one or two outlaying strange examples of why people freaked out about it or it didn't work yeah, don't don't cares. pay attention to it the seller doesn't yeah. care <laughs> you know it's the same old thing with the all of the internet the 90 percent of it's awesome but the 10 percent of it that with bad stories and just bad everything seems to rise to the top so there's nothing bad about it unless they're making it bad well that sure no i just i think when you're if you're new this is for really new people. You know, it's just, and if you're doing, you know, really detailed about what you want to try to hedge off or not, you're going to run into stories about why you can't assign purchase agreements. That's and ridiculous. It's, just, it's all it's not, not true. true. Yeah. It's like, I know I was going to give you a cashier's check and now I'm giving you cash. And they're like, no, no, I want to cash. Okay. Really? <laughs> Really, we're gonna do, we're gonna go back and forth about this. It's that's the same level of that. Who flipping cares? And it's not just land; it's everything on the internet. It's like it's that. It's silly. <laughs> Today's second topic is the three real reasons why buying and selling land may not work for you. Now, this has my attention. <laughs> Seriously, Jill and, I, Jill and I took notes, and we each came up secretly and separately of our three reasons and just gonna go first okay so i think that the reasons three reasons why this would not work for you is number one you don't take any action at all you're you know you, you're you're stuck in 
the uh, still doing your recon. Even if you join Land Academy and you're just spending way too much time watching everything, pricing and overpricing and pricing and overpricing and, and so the mail never goes out um, and but just basically no action at all. That was, that's one reason. Number two, this won't work for you. If you don't have the confidence to trust yourself and everything that we teach you and make these acquisition decisions, that that is going to be a problem too. That will keep you from moving forward and then won't work. You've got to make a decision, period. And by the way, you have all kinds of resources to help you. Like, well, all of them. Well, all of them too. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, well, first of all, no mail, no action. Well, join the accountability group. I think accountability groups are there to help you be accountable. And you can make it that for yourself. You know, just showing up and holding yourself. Tell the group, um, by next week, I'm going to have a mailer out. And then come back to the group and tell the group, I did send my mailer out. Make it your own thing mm -hmm. that you want, even if it's not being led that way um, but you have to take some action and and then number two so there's one way to solve that right number two is gosh with the confidence in these acquisition decisions okay do the best you can um, and then if you're still not sure bring it up to us on the Thursday call drop it in discord with your peers you have people here that will help you to make sure that you're not making you know any fatal flaws and buying good property until you don't need it then you won't need it. and by the way too you can also go back and watch well a read in discord look at some of the deals people are doing like okay would i have bought that would i have made that decision and you're going to learn from those examples and on our Thursday member calls, if you go back and watch, you know, as we discuss in great detail every darn week, why I would buy it or why I wouldn't buy it. And if I still would buy it, but I need this to change, or I need this price, or I need to know there's access, or I need to know this, you will start to pick up and you will gain that confidence. You will gain that knowledge so you can make these decisions. And so that takes care of number two. And then the third reason that I see that people, uh, this is not working for them, they may have started out okay, but somewhere along the way, they lost motivation. And uh, often it's like things take too long, you know, or, or maybe it's they're doing a lot of things they don't want to do kind of thing. So if things take too long, then you need to, you need to get yourself on a schedule. You need to give yourself a, a calendar and stick to it because I might lose motivation too. If I'm like, you know, okay, I just got land Academy. I spent a month picking a County. Then I spent a month getting in mail and now I'm waiting and I still don't, you know, I'm, I'm watching for the offers and I'm afraid now to pick one. I might even lose that. You've got to really yeah. get yourself into the flow, into a system. And when the mail goes out, okay, two weeks later, I need more mail going out. And two weeks later, I need more mail going out because by doing that and keeping everything going forward, you're going to constantly be working on things and you're going to be constantly be watching properties being sold. That's motivation for me. When I see my bank balance going up, like, oh, that one sold. And then 10 days later, that one sold. And then two weeks later, that one sold. Great. And you're always moving forward. That's that to me is a great way to solve your motivation problem. But that's the that's how I look at it. What are your? My, uh, well, my first one is follow, general follow through, but you'll notice the three things Jill uh, talked about 
were very um, personality driven. Yeah. And so my three are a little bit more technical, but I, I don't want to uh, distract or take away from her points because I really think that they're extremely valid. If you have experience in follow through, here's some real core life examples about successful follow through. Like it or not, believe it or not, believe in it or not, getting a four, spending four years to get a stupid freaking uh, degree. Mm is a real good example. I, I've learned later in life, uh, when Jill and I hired a lot of people, I don't, I never look at their education. I, I, I really, I wanna meet them and talk to them. And, and I can, so I can tell you that, that four year degree uh, experience as an employer, what they're looking for, most employers, not talking about Google or uh, you know the top three law firms and because that's a whole different thing i'm talking about regular people and regular jobs and like like us i want to see that they spent four years they had what it takes to spend to uh to deal with the minutiae and all the bs that is associated with sitting there for four years on a college campus and and actually having the follow-through to finish it it's not what grades they got it's not what degree they chose did you finish it? Did you follow through? We have a, a disproportionate number of people in our group who are the real successful ones, uh, specifically in career path, who have come from or or right now own other businesses. Because that's all this is. This is a startup with all the tools. And, and we couldn't, I don't think, make it easier for that type of personality type. So I think follow through is the number one scenario. Do, do business owners really enjoy anything about doing payroll? Yeah. No. But you do it. <laughs> you know, if you want to get an accounting degree, you have to suffer through two years of stuff that has nothing to do with what you're there for. And so whether or not that business model, that bachelor's degree business model is, vi- is going to be viable in the future, that's a whole different topic. But if you, it's just all follow through. You know, if, and if, if you started a business and it didn't work, there's some follow through to that. That there's some huge value in that. I've, I've started many, many businesses that haven't worked. So Joe and I have, have failed at uh, several together. And do I look at it like we failed at something? Not at all. It's just all it did was, you know, in the end, and Joe now says this pretty loudly, Every anytime anything else comes up, no, why don't we just buy and sell more land? Yeah. We know how to do it. We've got all the access to a tremendous amount of capital. We're not going to yeah. make bad decisions. And she's right. Yeah. Follow through is my number one reason why I don't think uh, that this, you know, and if you have to really ask yourself, do I have a follow through type personality? There's nothing wrong with not having a type A personality like both Jill and I have. And because we have to follow through on everybody, you know, probably to our own fault. There's nothing wrong if you're not into that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this might not be the best uh, career choice for you. Number two is... uh, you are not honest with yourself about where you're good at something and where you're not. I was extremely guilty of this and I finally wised up and hired somebody who was good at answering the phones and a good salesperson. And it changed my business overnight. This is a lot of years ago uh, before Joe and I joined forces. And then ultimately, the best thing that ever happened is Joe and I joining together uh, when she's just a natural on the phone and, and really enjoys it. You know. 
in her pastime, she doesn't sit around and try to find, uh, try to uh, create better Excel skills or find different ways that we can apply uh, um, trolling, let's say, for to find a new market. But I do. Mm-hmm. In her spare time, she's reading books about how to sell stuff mm-hmm. or how to buy things or how to be a better uh, investor yes, or how to be, you know, what's the new climate of how women are are running things now, which mm-hmm. is becoming more and more and more and more popular, popular, and in my opinion, rightfully so. And so that's just who she is. So, so no one's sitting around asking Jill to do something that she doesn't want ever at work. And the same thing with me. Mm-hmm. So please be honest with yourself. You know, you have some phone skills or not. I know I don't. If I had to, I could do it, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. The third thing is, and I can't say this enough, I'm going to say, uh, talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes, is sending the mail. We have uh, people that have, for whatever reason, b- b- have proven this to themselves and send a tremendous amount of mail every month, and they reap the rewards for that. And so if you're getting hung up on, which I understand, not getting a mailer out or and I think this happens way more than it gets uh, discussed um, in our in our group is you just can't bring yourself to spend five thousand bucks on a mailer. I understand that. But then be honest with yourself about is this going to happen or not? Mm-hmm. Those are my three. I love it. It's good. And again, there's not like it's not like a black and white like you don't have money. That's not on it. You don't, you know, uh, have a degree. That's not it. You don't know Excel. That's not it. You don't have whatever. You can learn all that stuff. You really can. And we watched it. That's one of the nice things about Land Academy now. People don't ask us the same questions now that they used to ask us in the beginning because we have we have such a strong community of that people can see the results and they know that it works. So they don't have to even ask that stuff. And I've watched over the years, people overcome a lot of the little hurdles, you know, like Excel, you know, either mm-hmm. gotten a partner or really they just got down and learned it. Yeah. That, that that's really what, it, what happens. They've spent the, you know, they get land Academy, they start watching and right away it's Excel. So now they got to pause, spend a weekend, take a couple courses and then come back pick up where they left off and then they can go with it and you can do that that's it yep. there's no real fatal there's no real thing like you know i'm trying to think if there's any fatal 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 thing that has kept someone from being successful and i don't have one no it's Not all one. the only one that I, if i was for well i am forced to come up with one it's really a combination of the three thing just three num three things it's just you know you don't want to do this. Yeah. And in the end. You don't like it. Yeah. You don't that's like it. it. And that's okay. Yeah. Then don't yeah. do it. Or you like it and you like the idea of having money and you like all that. Yeah. You know, just right. When we started Land Academy in 2015, hmm. we had a few built-in customers because they were our regular customers. We were selling them land and they were really into it. They didn't question it. Yeah. When we opened it to the public, the number one question for probably the first 12 months, and I'll have to tell you. Jill and I traded off opinions about whether or not we should continue because we were spending too much time explaining to people how this, this works. That, that it works. Yeah. Their question was, does this work? And you guys are probably crooks. Right. And so, you know, we, I had to look inward and see how we're presenting this. And because there wasn't anything at the time on the market like that at all, right. there, there are a couple other 
buy and sell land programs, but they're all had to do with back taxes and financing. And we were real adamant when we released this, this isn't the right way to do this. You got to send a mailer out. You got to send a ton of mailers out. And by the way, it costs some money to do that, mm-hmm. which people are like, wait a minute, it costs money. And you have to pay for data? What? <laughs> yeah. But after a year or so of watching us and watching other people taking a chance and doing really well with it, we don't, I've never no, have an answer to that for anymore. years and years and years. Exactly. I, haven't, I haven't answered that question. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our, our weekly Thursday member webinar. Clay County, Florida. 1.08 acres offered 8,000. They counted at 12 house right next to the property, public road, gravel comps are all over the board. Seller called and stated he would only sell if they got 12. I don't think it's a good deal at 12, but decent at eight figured I'll ask you guys before I decide to walk away from the deal. Love it. All right. Here's my five second opinion on this. This is an awesome piece of dirt. There's houses all over the place. Uh, still some vacant property. In fact, these two properties are vacant, 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 and vacant and vacant. So I hope there's not some kind of weird slope thing going on here. We'll find out in a second. But that first five second opinion is really important. So I love this piece of dirt as a usable place to buy, uh, to to put in put a house. You know, in a perfect world, these would all be developed. This is the last piece of land. Can you make me feel good with the Florida? Uh, thank yeah. you. I, it's good. I panic with Florida. I'm like, I need to see where all the where the water is. Passing all of my phase one, uh, phase one due diligence tests, all of them. Mm-hmm. Now it's about the money. So, Mommer, I'm thinking you don't like the 12 because houses in the area are selling for sub 250 or sub 200. 103 active properties. This is just land of any size, and 156 sold in a zip. That's good too. Now it's just price. And here you go. 1400, 1400, two, three, three, 3,000, 5,000, five, six, six. I know. Okay. Do it Jill's way here. Thank you. Starts at seven for 1.32 for one acre and above. 45 act, uh, 45 sold, 33 active. That's still good. Active, it starts at 16. Yeah, your eight's good. I wouldn't go above it. I think your eight's dead on. You're, so? you're, yeah, my first gut was like, Eight, 12, who cares? But no, it matters here. It does matter. Eight's good. I like eight. And, so, and I would buy it for eight. Jill, you have something inspirational to share. Well, I was going to talk a little bit about the return of Land Academy ladies, which I'm so excited. So we had our, our first uh, meeting last week. We meet on the first Tuesday of the month, and it uh, is open to any female slash female partner of a current active land academy member and i can think i think there was only one person trying to think here um it's a whole new group it was so fun and so exciting we're still kind of getting the word out here too so i know i'm gonna have some more alumni um come back and and rejoin this reprise of land academy ladies but it was so fun and it was just so many fresh ideas uh, it was amazing. We went for about two hours. I got to tell you, our first our first session was I shared I shared something kind of I think something inspirational, and then I opened it up to the group, like okay, let's all get to know each other, and we're all on camera, we're all mic'd up, so it's really fun, um, and we all talked about you know where who we are, where we are, our experience up to this point, and we had a wide variety of experience too, everything from 
brand new, not done a deal yet to, I have a hundred, uh, seller finance deals. I'm getting out of this to, I've done this many land deals and I needed to, I'm looking to triple that, you know, all, all over the map. Um, people in different, uh, spaces in real estate that had come to us. Maybe some were, some were agents that were still active and some were like, I turned that off. We had attorneys, we have everything in this group was just amazing. Um, so there are a couple things that we talked about that just rose to the top that I thought I'd share. And if you think this is something that would sing to you, please reach out. We'd love to talk to you about that. Even if you're not a Land Academy member, just, you know, you want to learn more about the ladies group and what goes on there. Cause that might be what you need to get you here, get you going. That's totally great. Um, you can just, I'll stop, send a note to support at landacademy.com and they'll give you more information. But the three things, so we talked about, I, I said, okay, you know, who are you, where are you, and why are you here right now? Like, what do you need from this group? And the three top things that really uh, popped up were one is, I can't find a group like this anywhere on the planet. And I'm like, you are right. There is not one. That's great, y'all. They're like, I am here because nowhere can I be in a group of female like-minded people doing what I do, which is buying and selling land. And I'm like, you're right. It doesn't exist. And I'm so proud of that. So yay. The second thing that rose up that people uh, talked about there are like, and confidence. It's a, it's a, it's a woman thing. Um, it's a, everybody, I, I'm sure most people have trouble with confidence at some point in their life. Cause even if you're a little boy showing up for the baseball game, you know, am I going to hit the ball or not? You know, you're a little nervous about it. So we all have times like that, but for us, we're still kind of a kind of women in a man's world, you know, uh, doing these real estate deals, which I personally love. And so we talked about, you know, things that we're going to do to help each other and get even more confidence. There's several strong women in this group, by the way, too, but to get even more confidence going forward, doing these deals, doing bigger deals and, uh, and, you know, working in this space. And then the third thing that came up, which I did not even think it was going to be this popular, but they're like, Oh, this is why we're here. Um, is big picture wealth generation. Like these women are not here selling Tupperware. Like this is the whole thing. This is not the women in this group are not here to sell Tupperware or have a fill in the blank home party because we're just making ends meet. I'm just here to, you know, uh, you know, make sure we can afford our vacation once a year, something like that. They're like, Oh no, that's not what this group is. And that's not who we are. We are here to like, retire our husbands and make this a family business starting with me as a woman. I'm like, that was awesome. So we had a really, really good time. And again, if you, if that interests you and you're like, that's me, Jill, I, I want to be in a group. That's what I want. I want a group like that. Please reach out to my team and they will get your, your message to me and we'll, we'll get you in there. Jack. What would you like to share? Do you have something informational to share with us today? I do. Thank you. My topic is called reckless mailing. Part of what I do, part of what my responsibilities are in our land business 
and all the other companies we have, office owners and land, uh, all of them, is to analyze and complete financial statements at the end of every month. And so I completed uh, a year-to-date scenario in offers to owners where for the first time I calculated, well, I reported and regurgitated the top 10 customers that we've had in offers to owners, which tells us who has been sending out mail and how much mail they're sending. And the top slot was over $900,000. Somebody spent over $950,000 on mail the first two months of this year. Then, I, which is like, there's always a bell curve to these things. So right. that was extraordinary enough. But then I looked at the, the, the top, the 19 after that, the top 20, I think I said top 10, but top 20. It went to 400,000 from there, 300,000 to, and then a lot of 100,000. Oh, the rest are in the 100,000s before it dipped below. We had to, I had to go 20 people down before it, this is only the first two months of the year. So then I got to thinking, you know, every time a career path, I always ask, every career path we have, I ask everybody on the call, what is it that really makes you, you make $6 million a year doing this, uh, you make $600,000. What really is is the key? What's the real, let's, you know, what's the real success, the, the secret? Tell me your secret. And everybody says reckless mailing. <laughs> they don't say that phrase, but that's what they mean. I like that. That's a good phrase. They're not looking at, well, should I send Mailer 5,000 mailers? per this, and I'm going to analyze that. They're like, just get it out. It's very, very natural. A lot of people that join Land Academy, uh, or at least the ones that are exposed to me, are jacks. So they are um, very analytical. They have chosen careers like accounting or uh, mechanical engineering or uh, software design or very technical degrees and they need something quantifiable and I completely understand that so it's very popular for th those types of people to to hang their entire theoretical success doing this on a number like how many mailers do I have to send out to buy a piece of property to which I have answered since 2015, I don't know. There's tons of variables variables involved. Did you price the mailer right? Did you uh, choose the right county and run the red, green, yellow test correctly? Are you consistently sending 5,000 out or just sending 5,000 out to see if you can get one? You know, what's your real attitude? And then most importantly, which is the hardest thing for them to digest because they have my personality type, who's answering your phone? And are they taking deals that could probably could have probably slipped through the cracks, or there's theoretically thought there's no deal there, and had them be transferred into a successful real estate deal by somebody like Joe? The older ones tend to understand. Mm -hmm. the younger ones, uh, we we always have people in our group that believe that, and that, and we had a question like that today believe that texting and email uh, are somehow going to get a real estate deal done for you. And I'm here to tell you, and I would have believed that years ago. Mm -hmm. I am here to tell you, these people want to hear a friendly voice on the other That's end true. of the phone. They want to have a relationship and they want to sell you their property. Yeah. But they don't want you to be, uh, they don't want this to be any type of uh, insincere. They don't want any, they want to believe that you're going to pay them $32,541 at the end of escrow which we do 
and, and our members do. So it starts with reckless mailing. It ends I'll with tell you, success. After you, after, <laughs> after you do five or 10 <laughs> deals, you're not, you're not gonna care about mailer yield ever again. Ah, uh, yeah. You just do a huge mailer. You buy 14 or 15 properties. This is what the way Jill and I do it. The mailer might've been 80,000. It might've been 50,000. It might've been 15. Right. But we're busy running around doing deals and we make a lot of money doing it. So I stopped calculating mailer yield if we ever really calculated it. I never got many, many, you know many, how I am. Many years ago, I just look at the bank balance, going, <laughs> "Yep, keep going, <laughs> don't stop, send more." And to bring this full circle, that's what the people in Career Path said. Oh yeah, I never, I worried all about that right when I started, and I, I did five deals and then made one hundred eighty-two thousand dollars, and I don't even, I think I spent fifteen grand on mail, right. or maybe it was twenty. I don't remember. Yeah. Who cares? That's how the conversation always goes, and most of them don't even know that's their secret sauce because they go about things in their life like that, which I have to tell you, Jill and I do too. Mm-hmm. It's responsible, but a lot of stuff we do is just reckless barrel forward until, mm-hmm. you know, we're either gonna die doing this or it's gonna work out great. Yeah. Figuratively die. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh boy. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You're not alone in your real estate ambition. We We are are Jack Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.